0: 50 days to go to the Olympics. Yes, yeah, 50 days to go and uh, lots more coverage about it today, mostly about the will it or won't it happen and the speculation and all the athletes and coaches can do is prepare as normal and leave aside the chitter-chatter. Leave it to the bosses to sort out the protocols. I actually did an interview this week on that subject and there were a few things, uh, the way the interview is framed, that we probably wrong in my point of view. Uh, firstly, they the talk about the surge in cases in Japan. Well, if you look at the statistics, the surge happened a few weeks ago and the case numbers are on quite um, a steep decline at the moment. And also, to give it context, the numbers are nowhere near the amounts that we've had in the UK when, when the coronavirus pandemic was at its peak in this country um likewise a lot's been mentioned about the state of emergency in parts of tokyo well i've got a friend of a friend who has a restaurant in tokyo in the state of emergency and the restaurant is full it was packed this weekend their restrictions mostly are around the serving of alcohol and then talk about crowds and spectators. We know overseas uh, spectators are banned, but, but crowds in Japan have been allowed at sporting events pretty much throughout the pandemic. Most of last year and uh, most areas, it's 50% of normal capacity. At times, that's been reduced to 5,000 in a stadium. So very different to our experiences here in Europe. But yes, the polls still say that the public are against the Games. Um, Personally, I do wrestle with the wiseness of 11,000 athletes and five times that number of support staff officials and media in one place. But the rule books have been written to create a strict bubble. Pfizer is offering vaccinations to all the teams and the most vulnerable in Japan should be vaccinated by the end of next month. Lots to think about and plenty to think about if you're one of the organisers from Team GB and Paralympics GB. And I've been speaking to the head of the team at Paralympics GB, the chef de mission, Penny Briscoe, who's been telling me about some of the complications.
1: How long have you got? I think, um, yeah, it's been a, I mean, it's, it's we keep saying it's a year, but it's actually more than a year now, isn't it? I mean, I think if you'd have told us back at the end of March 2020 that, lockdown would have been you know continued and 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 we'd have we'd still be in the midst of a global pandemic pretty well what 14 15 months later I, I I don't think any of us would have believed you but I think that um from a BPA perspective we've probably followed a similar path to the organizing committee in terms of sort of three phases of of sort of Stopping, taking breath, sort of assessing the situation, rejigging our plans, and um, and then sort of testing those plans, including uh, obviously the the COVID countermeasures overlay. So I, th- I think it's been a been a very different year. I mean, an extraordinary year in terms of certainly in terms of my um, multiple games never had a lead-in year like this, and and fingers crossed we never have one uh, again. But it has been very challenging from a planning perspective. And it just feels like every week we're we're ripping up a plan and and starting again, whether that be, you know, recent decisions around no spectators, so we don't need a family, friends and family lodge in Tokyo, or whether that be a constriction in terms of those that are able to access the country, whether it's, you know, the period of stay guidelines, which has meant that we've had to shift Um, Multiple sports flights to comply with the five to seven days arrival and and forty eight hours post departure. So I'd say a massive impact on us as an organisation as a team operationally. Um, But obviously, you know, the focus is still on creating a the best possible environment, a safe and secure environment, but also maintaining that that ambition to create a performance environment that allows athletes to achieve their ambitions.
0: And working with athletes with varying disabilities, has that added to the complexities because of the issues that COVID has put forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and and it's, I think it's uh, it's magnified in in different, I, I would guess say uh, impairment uh, groups, so you know it's very difficult, isn't it, for visually impaired athletes to to socially distance, uh, and then obviously relying on teammates or guides. Uh, to ensure that they're staying safe within environment. Um, and I think, you know, just some of the, I guess, the feedback that we've had from athletes, you know, face masks, how can an athlete who relies on lip reading, lip read if the, the face mask isn't see-through? Yeah, I mean, lots of, of challenges that are, that are sort of um, that we've been trying to, I guess, think about to ensure that the environment is, is still safe and secure. Uh, for all athletes and all staff that's you know uh, that's that's the main thing
0: we know we all know there's been so much uncertainty but one one thing that's come through talking to some of the athletes is that they still feel that right until the opening ceremony with the Paralympics there's uncertainty because if they say to me if the Olympics don't go well then we're going to be a victim of that so do you understand that sort of feeling and, and sentiment
1: yeah and I mean I think that there is uncertainty across that you know across the piece uh, uh in terms of you know we're getting very positive messaging from the OCOG, the, o- the ioc and the ipc and from my perspective I'm also part of the national uh, the ipc's expert group so in regular conversation to you know what's going on how can we how can we support what provisions are being made um and i think obviously we celebrated 100 days to go recently and you know, the the conversation could not not be around um, how safe the game's going to be, are they going to go ahead? But, you know, we have to, certainly from my perspective, trust what we're hearing in terms of uh, from the organising committee, IOC, IPC. And I think also just that there's been some real positives in the last, you know, month alone, a successful diving test event, a successful Olympic athletics test event, and World Triathlon held a A WTS series event in Yokohama just uh, ten days ago. So, I think that we have to be positive. I I think you know um, there are there are I I think some clear indications that they've got robust structures in place. Um, Clearly, the games is is of a different magnitude, Um, and I think you know to be real, we we need to be. Whilst we want to be optimistic, we also need to be realistic and. You know, um, as Andrew Parsons has quite rightly stated, that you know that there are there are some things that we we can't control, and if there are massive outbreaks, which we we think that there won't be, um, then you know I'm sure that the Japanese government would be ta- you know taking stock in terms of is this environment still safe. So I think the intention is there. I think the processes and the systems are there to create safe and secure games, and I think you know from Playbook One to Playbook Two. Uh, the ante has been up in terms of daily testing, and I think that is definitely seen um, as a key part of the toolkit. We've also now got the IOC um, MOU with Pfizer, so offering all games stakeholders the opportunity to be vaccinated. That, again, is a, is a significant tool in the toolkit, and IOC predicting that 80% of games stakeholders will be vaccinated. So I think, you know, it's been a gargantuan effort, hasn't it, to try and put this structure in place that, that will mean the Games are secure and, and safe.
0: And it will be a different Games. I mean, there's no, no doubting that. But I wonder what you think. I mean, often we count medals at the end of games, but I've had some athletes talk to me and say, well, maybe this one isn't so much about medals, but is a, a celebration of sport, a celebration of humanity. Um, where do you sit as a team leader between that and the medals?
1: I, I think that it's a it's a very fine balance. And I think from a para perspective, certainly since London 2012, we've we've always adopted a twin track ambition in terms of success on the field of play, but also what that leads to off the field of play in terms of changing perceptions around a disability, creating social change, creating opportunity. So I think it's not new for us as a Paralympic movement to talk about medals and more. Um, But I think, you know, first and foremost, what we see on the field of play inspires so many uh, in terms of the athlete's excellence. Um, And, you know, let's not doubt the fact that every selected Paralympics GB athlete is going to Tokyo to to try and fulfil their performance ambitions and the work of the National Governing Body Support Teams, the work of Paralympics GB, we are all focusing on creating not only a safe and secure environment, but a performance environment that facilitates those ambitions. Uh, I think you're right, that, and, and, and Andrew Parsons has eloquently talked about the importance of Tokyo as, as an event to continue to promote And I guess raise awareness around inequality Uh, and uh, in the midst of this global pandemic let's not forget that those with a disability persons with a disability have been have been disproportionately impacted by the pandemic Uh, so we want to continue to to champion uh, social change we want to continue to champion the rights of disabled people to to create opportunity and the way we do that is through sports and, and supported massively by the media, clearly, uh, to be able to tell those stories, get those images out there. So, um, you know, I think that, that the emphasis has, has been heightened. I think that the awareness that, you know, we're we'll hopefully coming to the end of a very dark COVID tunnel, the Games is a, is a ray of light an array of light that, you know, not only, I think, presents the, the very best of parasport, uh, but also reflects upon the resilience of humanity, as you've quite rightly said, and and let's celebrate um, the resilience of humanity as we know best.
0: Uh, great points to to think about and to ponder on. Thanks, Penny, for your time today. All the best for the, the, the coming, what, 90 odd days or whatever, and uh, all the best, for your time in Tokyo.
1: Thanks, Mark.
0: That's the head of the Paralympics GB team, the chef de mission, Penny Briscoe. And hats off to all at Paralympics GB and Team GB working behind the scenes to ensure that the athletes have a smooth as possible journey to Tokyo this summer. That's it from me for today. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be hooking up with the coach who's actually at an event overseas and getting his take on the last few months, and the games going forward. That's tomorrow's Destination Tokyo. Thanks for downloading and listening today. Thanks to Penny Briscoe for joining me, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.